so we're going straight in. And uh, Roar, just for the uh, sake of the podcast, can you introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I'm Rory Graham, and I'm a lawyer specialising in technology matters. It's something I've been doing for the last 30 years, always changing and therefore always enjoyable to do. Um, and some of the work you've been doing has been around um, both EdTech and assessments, and, uh, um, and in the legal world, uh, there is as well, there's an overlapping of professional exams, and so you perhaps are in the Balkan of, of being able to give you some guidance about uh, the future of assessments, especially in the world of digitalization. I think the whole situation with COVID-19 has pushed a lot of things much faster than they would have done. For example, I work at what's called a distributed law firm, and that means we don't have any offices. So we are used to using electronic means of communicating and working together. I think the traditional world of people sitting in an office and uh, meeting there has probably gone and will go forever. And I think it's the same with the exams, the notion that people are going to uh, turn up at some huge great hall being hired expensively yes. to sit together um, is no one that's being challenged because if you can do exams effectively online, then why shouldn't you? It, it, it can reduce a lot of stress and it can also make it a much uh, less expensive and less less um, uh, difficult to organise experience so, so, than so, otherwise so, 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 so big halls by the nature of social distancing. So there is an argument, there is a counter-argument saying that big halls have um, have value because of social distancing by their nature. However, um, I think if you're a regulated exam, there is no there is no way on earth that the legislature would allow um, um, proctoring and invigilation through digital through digitalization. Uh, do you not agree with that statement? I'm not sure I do. Um, it's something I've been learning about recently. I, mean, I, I, I don't particularly like the term proctoring because it doesn't say very much. I prefer invigilation because that's what people are used to. And the role of the, the, the normal invigilation, of course, is to be physically present to make sure that they do their best to spot any cheating and the more positive side to make sure that everybody is okay. There's an argument for saying that there are better ways of doing that. Um, you could actually have an intelligent system which is capable very quickly of working out if somebody is cutting and pasting um, or is cheating in some other way. And there are ways in which you can check identity, verify identity, yeah. make sure everybody's doing the exam at the same time, which might be just as effective, possibly even more effective. One of the problems you have today is, um, for example, in an open book exam, everybody has the information there, but you know what they've got. If you do online exams, then obviously by definition it's completely open book because you don't know what other resources the person has. Yes. But I think what that means is you change the questions. So instead of trying to work with illicit answers which are simply straight off copy, copy and paste from somewhere at the source, you have to have questions that encourage people to analyze and think. Which is actually what you have to do in the real world. In the real world, you have access to lots of information, anyway, but you still have to yeah. dis distill it down. Yeah. So fundamentally, root and branch, you're actually saying that that, reg that chartered, regulated exams do have a future in um, um, digital or you know invigilation, because if you set an exam in a way that suits that actually allows to, the expectation that the candidate does have access to a great deal of resource, then 
why not just admit it and then write papers accordingly? But then, then that leads you to another question, is that um, if you do that, then you could have five people in the room just t telling you what to write. I mean, it, it wouldn't, it'd be a bit difficult to, uh, I mean, you can have the internet, of course, but I mean, I'd see that to be almost impossible, almost impossible. I think I have to turn right around and say this is what is going to happen, certainly in, in uh, professional organisations and regulated organisations in the next six months or so. They are going to have to have exams this way. So it's more a question of how do you find ways of making it work. You're never going to have anything completely robust. There must be clever ways of cheating still if you're in a big hall or concealing information somewhere or another. Um, it, you are trying to find the most effective way because in the end, if you're not good enough, you're going to get found out. So much better to skew the exam to demonstrate somebody's thinking skills rather than simply their copying or quick research skills because that's what you have to do in the real world. You have to get a lot of information, but you still have to analyse it. You still have to come to the right answer. So, okay, so, so if you forward project this, would you say that regulated exams, there is a place for professional regulated exams to be pretty much comprehensively, you know, you know, obviously with with exception, to be virtual? Yeah, I would. Um, I didn't used to believe that yeah. it was an appropriate way I don't, to test I people. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. But I'm waiting for you to persuade me. But you have persuaded me a little. So, um, what? Well, uh let me say what my reservations are about these things. Yeah. If, let's take my profession, the law. The law plays a very small part in the advice I give. I have to know it and it's the tool set that I use. My advice is about finding practical solutions to problems. A lot of the time it's also about dealing with people, which involves obviously personal skills. And if you're trying to do a professional exam that actually text whether it's somebody the right sort of person to be in that profession. You need to try and look at all of those things. And there's an argument for saying that by using technology in a clever way, you can look at all those different parts because you can see you can see how somebody interacts over a Zoom call. It, the last six four months have changed everything. I never thought that I would be in a position where I recruit partners uh, to join me in the, in the new London office of my firm and never actually meet them flesh to flesh. And I have, and yet we still get on, we still can detect the interpersonal side of it in a way that I wouldn't have believed no, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. Now, um, you know, speaking to other um, individuals on a similar sort of level as you, they said that, you know, bar pressing the flesh and getting on, you know, getting on a flight to New York and meeting somebody and pressing the flesh, the ability now of, of, um, uh, Zoom calls and um, and uh, a, a combination of of relationship exercise, you know, where we're using LinkedIn and Zoom calls. Uh, you now have got to a stage where you wouldn't get you wouldn't get on that flight. You wouldn't bother. You just use Zoom to them, Zoom to do that. Or you might get on a flight once everything is settled in. You know, it just totally reduces your barrier. I think that's right, and that can only be enabling in terms of different people getting involved and more diversity as well, because you're making it easier for people to come on board. I, I think, I would put it this way, you can do pretty well everything by remote means, but there is still, of course, a place for human interaction, body language, actually being physically present with somebody, totally. and that will never disappear. What we've 
managed to deal with so it's a situation where that doesn't have to be so much of a heavy part of recruiting or testing or assessing somebody um, it becomes just part of it rather than the whole thing because let's face it in the interview or even the oral exam it's still a very artificial it's situation. so artificial yes it's very artificial I agree or not so what's the difference in some ways it's I think just talking more broadly, I've just come off a Zoom call with very, very important potential client, uh, big household name. And yet, we were all doing it from our various homes and vomiting and robbers in the background. It's a great leveler, and yeah. it's removed a great deal of formality and barriers to communication that would be involved if we'd gone in to make a formal presentation in their boardroom. Yeah, exactly. And I think it encouraged discussion, and I think we can't go back from that, and that is also going to have to be reflected in the academic world. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you are saying that digitalisation of exams is actually an improvement from an improvement of the um, uh, of the assessment process because you can not only have a Zoom interview as such, but you also can have that in for, uh, that you can have a formal assessment as well um, remotely. Now, I think that if you take that at professional life then why can't you have the, v, the Viva type, which is what we're talking about, that interview over the over Zoom? Now, why can't you have that for academic study at secondary school, okay, as an exam, as a formal part of the exam? Because if we look to the professions for inspiration around secondary school uh, exams and assessments, Viva type exams uh, or assessments where you simply use, um, you know, equivalent face-to-face, but it could be Zoom, and discussing parts of the topic of, any, of a subject actually allows a candidate to really stretch their understanding, really stretch and see, and you as an, as, as, as an examiner can see how far they really understand their subject. Now, if you could, do you see what I mean? There is a convergence I, here. I do. Well, I should let you into a secret. It was actually my father who introduced the national curriculum into the England. Yeah. So it's something I'm, I'm acutely yeah. aware of. And... What I would say is that the ability to write and to express yourself clearly in writing, and in particular to be able to do a crazy, in other words, to take a lot of facts and then neatly summarise them, that is an invaluable skill in any profession. Yeah. And there's always going to be a place for the written components. Yeah, sure. That's that you literacy can... and numeracy. You're just saying, to, you know, literacy, basic literacy, or, you know, reasonable literacy and reasonable. No, I think, it's, I think it's more than basic literacy. I think it is still demonstrating analytical skills. Um, and the ability to express yourself clearly. But also, you have to be able to do that in the context of the meeting or a Zoom call or whatever, because that's part of professional life. Exactly. And if you can encourage people at, say, secondary school level to develop a range of skills that are not simply based on the more traditional way of doing exams, you're actually going to produce people who will have a more value, be more valuable in the workplace and also feel that they can contribute from day one rather than sort of feeling they have to start learning all over again. Yes, I totally agree. So um, you can, they can get going. You know, so often access to good, you know, good jobs uh, is, a, is, a geog- is, a, is a geography issue, isn't it? It's geographical. So, it's geographical and also, you know, I think social mobility is an incredibly important thing. Uh, I think the idea of leveling up is absolutely right, even though it does go back to this really hot forest. And if you can use technology to encourage people from different backgrounds, different places, to compete more equally, to succeed, um, I think that can only be a great thing.
nature of assessments uh, and exams in, in professional life will then reflect in recruitment, the way they do recruitment. And I'm actually, I'm optimistic and I think that we can have this in secondary school in part of the exam, uh, the diet of exams or the, you know, the, the, the series of exams, whatever it may be. And if you strip it's part out, of the mix. Yes, it's a mix. And I've written about, um, I've written about uh, Vibers before. It is a mix and it is, and we need technology and entrepreneurs out there to um, to to build us a tech platform to make this happen. Yes, we do. And to, to use the technology to support people's education um, in a way that actually reflects how they're going to be working in the real world and enables um, a, a more equal start. Exactly. So it's a form of social mobility. Thanks, Mr. Stride. Hello, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, not sure, but that is cat record. Try that. Uh, I'm not sure where that is. Sorry, everyone, just the post uh, just arrived. Sure. Try that. Yes, try that. Anyway, there you go. Sorry, postman arrived. That's all right. Um, no, it is fascinating, and I I think I've learned a lot just by listening to you as in the professions. That that if there is a convergence up there, then there's going to be convergence further south, and uh, in you know in the earlier in the secondary school sector um and i believe that the i believe that there will be a an amalgamation of exam boards and a revolution in the exam boards who will reflect the change in society and the and the uh technology that we have today we only have the exam boards at the moment the handful of exam boards half a dozen of them because they are the products of a victorian exam system which in the 1970s produced amalgamators and produced these exam boards and this was before the revolution before the tech revolution of course it was um, I, I think that must be that must be right uh, Willie, that uh, this is a, a sector that needs to be reformed and it's not about lowering standards it's never about lowering standards it's about making sure that the way people learn stretches them academically, intellectually, and as people, but also make sure that they're going to be able to fit in to future working and social lives in the best way possible. And education and exams and assessment as part of that are absolutely critical. I went to a state school, and from there I got to Cambridge, and I want that sort of ability to be there for anybody. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, well, this is fascinating. Uh, I think we'll know more of the next six months, uh, and how things change the next year at least. Um, and the probably the law society, the law industry have a, has a lot to teach the secondary exams. I think there is there is a lot to learn in the professions. That if you can buy your train ticket through virtual purchasing or at a train station, why can't you do your maths GCSE exam um, on a on a computer? Whether it's at school or at a centre or in your home is is beside the point at the moment. But if you can do it in a computer, then uh, a digitalization, then surely then you then remove the 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 once a year attitude. You can sit and come and do the exam whenever you feel like it. So it empowers a pupil, the candidate, to sit when he wants to sit the exam. Well, there are issues in that because obviously what you don't want is an exam paper equivalent getting out. But I do no. know that there's also certain professional exams. 
will be done online because the only way it can be done is to have to. No, 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 no. But, wait, but, 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 but it's obvious because you use you know machine learning to produce your own. Every time a candidate sits down and does an exam, each exam is slightly different. It's the last one. Yeah, absolutely. And then that again about how you test intellect and thinking capacity rather than just exactly. to, to learn by rote. So no exam is the same. They're just they're just in a framework. Of, yep. of the same values and difficulty. And that enables a fair comparison. Uh, and that can only be a good thing for encouraging uh, diversity and social mobility. Raw, well, that's very good. Um, thank you so much for coming on the exam podcast. My pleasure. Good to talk to you with you. Thank you, Raw.